Well, they always say ladies and gentlemen. That's gendered. Uh, distinguished guests. Yo, peeps. Yo, peeps. Please rise and stretch for the seventh inning. Please rise and join us in the seventh inning stretch. <laughs> I wish I could remember the exact wording because we even our seventh, our take me out to the ball game is by Red Sox organist Josh Cantor. So it's nice. It's accurate, but it's been too long since I was at a game. I know. star podcast (laughs) we are officially a five-star podcast that's so exciting rachel was just telling me off air that we have a rating in apple podcasts you said yes and it wasn't me (laughs) i am the worst about checking these things because a lot of times i just do that if i have if i'm questioning whether it's worth investing in listening to a new podcast Because I have like a podcatcher I prefer to use over Apple. But I'm like, eh, you know, if I want to read reviews (laughs) Mm -hmm. to see like, you know, if if I think it's interesting, then people are like, oh, no, don't. I'll just go to (laughs) Apple and be like, okay, let's see what the consensus thinks. (laughs) Yeah. I still use Apple, but I try not to look, honestly. So um, I did do earlier in 2020, I did hashtag show the podcast love month where every weekday I left a five star review for a podcast I listened to. I like that. Yeah, it was really fun. If you go on my Instagram, you can see which ones were on there. Nice. But it was just really fun. to, And I did it in February because the love, blah, blah, blah. But it was, I always say I'm going to leave reviews. Like, I always think like, that's something I should do. Like, it's not, it's not monetary, but it helps out the show. Mm -hmm. It's like, I should do that. And I, every time I start a new podcast, I really like it. I genuinely believe that I am going to go and leave them a review. Oh, yeah, me too. And I never do. <laughs> so it's one of those in your head you kind of you compose it your review in your head and you're like this that 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 and then you know you finish a podcast and you're like oh man that was <laughs> i felt really bad because i left my review for abc devo okay. when i was i mean i was a fair way into the show but i had not finished it yet and it started off being like i'm not really a fan of devo and <laughs> by the time that show ended i was like no we're good i i know i have so many songs by them this is great yeah and then because it was a show that was completed a while ago my review is the one that shows up underneath and the first okay. line is like <laughs> I guess Devo's okay. And I'm just like, oh God. So if you're listening to this and you like the podcast ABC Devo, feel free to go leave them a review and pump mine down off the home screen. (laughs) (laughs) Like they still get the rating. I'm sure it's fine. (laughs) The point of my review was like, but I really love this show. It's still really interesting. Even if I don't know the band to start with, you know, like most people come to it liking the band and then they find this podcast. 
podcast and I was the opposite. <laughs> like it seemed so, it made so much sense at the time. And now every time I like, every time I opened it and saw that at the bottom, I'm like, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> this is a long way of saying, yes, show, show love. Uh, we love five stars, even if there isn't a review and it's anonymous. So Whoever yeah. you are, thank you. Yes, thank you. We have an, another amazing interview where I, I just love having these bottom of the innings so that we can just bounce all over the movie, whatever makes sense. I'm pretty sure oh, in yeah. this conversation, we went from the Lukash softball game straight <laughs> to the World Series and then like back again and then in yeah. the car with Bob. And it was just like all over the place. It was really <laughs> interesting. Did you have any thoughts about the current state of baseball? It's still going. It's still <laughs> happening. There have been many bumps in the road and probably many more bumps to go, but hey, we are soldiering on. Yeah, I will say I'm kind of glad we uh, bumped this to recording tonight so that I could say actually not all of it is happening because currently my yeah. Red Sox are not playing. And my Reds did not. Well, my Reds have had quite a... Uh, Quite an eventful week, week and a half. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Good, bad, ugly, bleh. Yeah. I'll, I'll give a quick shout out to uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., who was the instigator, who said he wasn't going to play, you know, regardless of what the rest of the team did. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting. I didn't realize his mother's a police officer. Oh, wow. So it's just a really okay. fascinating take on everything that's going on. And I've always liked him anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I will say one really quick shout out to a writer that I follow on Twitter at Curly Fro. Currently, her name is displayed as Sugar Shake, which is why I never remember her real name. Sorry. <laughs> she wrote a really interesting piece earlier in this sort of season about how a lot of what MLD, MLB was doing was like performative. But there's also a little part of me that's like, yeah, but at least they are doing like it's a step in the right direction oh. even if they're doing it for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. i guess yeah mm-hmm. and so um because one of the examples she gave was fenway park changed their billboard that's right along the side of the highway to black lives matter and everyone was like this is amazing and as she completely rightly pointed out that sign actually does nothing like it is a sign mm-hmm. it is it is paint on a wall it does nothing but this is you know like there's steps happening hopefully good so i just wanted to give a shout out to that piece and to jackie bradley jr himself whose beautiful pawtucket red sox bobblehead i have (laughs) on display (laughs) i guess the thing is too with you know the um, boycotts and such that have been happening it's just nice to see that big you know like teams can come together and make these mutual decisions to respect what has what have what has occurred and how they are going to approach it and and you know i don't want to say like take a stand but you know just show yeah. I, I don't I guess because there I, have been individual players doing this for a while. Yeah. And so to have a whole team just makes it so much e- you know, it's not all on them in a way that it was for players who have been doing this. Not refusing to play, but you know, there have been various I don't know what the wording is to use, but we all know we're all mm-hmm. thinking of Colin Kaepernick. And I know there were many, many female soccer players who have been doing this for years at this point. Mm-hmm. So 
it just anytime a whole team is involved in it, a little bit of my heart grows in size to be like, okay, whew, one person isn't going to get like all the abuse heaped on them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's been a roller coaster of Man, a trip. Man, is this for a these... weird year? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Our fellow Movies by Minute podcaster Jim O'Kane recently posted a picture and it was in his living room and he had like one of those New Year's hats just on a shelf in the background that said Happy 2020 and I really wanted to message be like Jim, burn that. What are you doing? It is not a happy 2020. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I don't care how good a party it was. Get rid of that. <laughs> it's a bad omen. <laughs> but yeah. You know, it makes you think back of just the year in its entirety so far. One of my friends and coworkers asked, like, man, if you could travel back in time to like New Year's Day of this year, like, oh, what man. would you do? I mean, assuming that everything else would transpire mm-hmm. as it has, what things would you do differently, you know, and I guess in hindsight, and it just made you think like, yeah, if I knew everything that was going to unfold, like, what would I do? What steps would I take differently? Would yeah. I be like, you know, toilet paper is important, but like, don't <laughs> but not like yeah, that I important say, that we have I to make. I would stock a- up. Much <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> don't go for the toilet paper. Go for the wipes and, and the sanitizer. <laughs> like, yes. Just make sure you have some, but don't go. <laughs> you don't need to be able to build furniture out of it. Yeah. You just need to have a good stock. <laughs> yeah. It's just those things, and then it makes you sad because you're like, oh, because I'd be like, you know, I'd probably try and visit family and stuff Mm -hmm. more before I really couldn't. And then it's like, oh, I need to stop thinking about this. That's a that's a fun slash depressing exercise. You're oh, absolutely yeah. right. It's like many things in 2020. It's very interesting. Can't yeah. deny it's interesting. <laughs> but you don't want to think about it for too long. On that happy note. No. On that happy note. No, I was trying oh, to think. I was man. like scanning through my mind. Like, what did I just finish reading? Is there any way I can tie this back? But I just finished reading The Warmth of Other Suns. So that doesn't really help okay. us. <laughs> I don't know what to say. But you've made it this far, dear listener, and we have a fabulous discussion in store for you. Yes. So without further ado. We are back for another week to talk more baseball. More baseball. Uh, with your co-host myself, Tierney Steele, and Rachel Mummer. Hello. We are joined by a guest this week. We have Erica Ayala. I love that I just wrote that down. And as I looked at it, I'm like, what are letters? What are sounds coming out of my mouth? (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. You nailed it. Yay! (laughs) It's the little things. This is what happens when you meet people via Twitter, folks. (laughs) Other than uh, being in my Twitter feed, why don't you tell our listeners what it is you do, how I have conned you into being here today? (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, thank you for having me and thank you for having this podcast. I didn't even know this was a thing. So this is awesome. I am a former nonprofit child advocate, a full-time child advocate, who now is a full-time freelance writer in the sports world, primarily women's sports, women's hockey, women's basketball, women's softball, but also a really big baseball fan. So I'm, I'm assuming one of those things got you following me. <laughs> What's 
funny. I had so many people that I was seeing for, uh, I started following um, Black Girls Hockey Club. Mm-hmm. And so I was seeing all these great things. And I was just looking, I'm like, I mean, surely most of these people also like a league of their own, right? I know it's not the <laughs> same sport, but it feels like it's in the same wheelhouse. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so I guess my first question would be kind of what's your history with this movie? When did you first see it? Oh, man, that's a great question. I'm not even sure I know. I, I feel like it's just a movie that I grew up with. I played baseball uh, as a child. Uh, and then, you know, eventually I got switched over to softball and played softball uh, all the way up through college. So I played D1 softball. Go Elon. Go Phoenix. <laughs> um, and so needless to say, or not, because I'm about to say it, the, the movie has always been a part of that culture for me, being a girl in baseball and then, you know, a young woman playing softball. And it's something that even to this day, if I were to call up some of my teammates uh, along my path anywhere, you know, we can just go on and on quoting the movie. Hmm. What position did you play, just out of curiosity? Yeah, for sure. I played straight up the middle. So um, in baseball, I was a pitcher, a catcher, and a shortstop. And then once I started playing softball, I played catcher, shortstop, and then uh, center field. Our catcher went center field too. I wonder if that's common. I was – anytime you see one of those – little uh things of the field like oh this is where the nicest kid goes this is where the (laughs) tallest kid goes slowest kid that's me (laughs) that's funny yeah i I used to uh, work at a restaurant for a number of years and there was there'd always be these travel teams mostly baseball teams that would come in and so it was like kind of my party trick where as they were waiting for their table i could like you know tell i could guess where which position each one of them played and i'm i'm 100 (laughs) percent and batting a thousand so i've got it it locked down (laughs) i saw one suggestion for when they started up mlb again and there weren't going to be fans they were like all right we need to teach these baseball players some of the softball chants and it's funny i guess because (laughs) i went immediately into softball it never occurred to me that those were specific to like girls high school softball (laughs) like I, yeah. I just assumed that all these professional baseball players that I saw on like the Yankees and the Red Sox had also grown up saying, we want a pitcher, not a belly itcher. And <laughs> I am just now this year, 2020, learning that that might not be true. <laughs> well, there are. So there was this random movie that I, I was watching um, about a, a group of guys growing up and, and one guy waiting to get drafted. Anyway, uh, and there was a lot of cheering that happened in that baseball dugout, which I was like, I, didn't, I don't know of college do college baseball players cheer and i think there's hmm. a lot of cheering in baseball and softball i do think there are there's you know there's certain cheers that are universal and there's certain that are softball specific is kind of my take mm-hmm. um and then i guess there are probably some baseball specific ones but it's a long it's a long game either way and um you know it can be quiet at times so i think yeah, yeah there's definitely some chatter whether it's officially cheers or just kind of some chatter and some banter i think that's just a part of the game (laughs) yeah they could at least all you know be out in the field saying hey better 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 swing (laughs) yeah you got two you got two here we go who's got three yeah yeah 
all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> As of today, the Nationals and the Yankees had their opening day, and they have from a docu. Oh, I forget. Um, but they have general game noise that they broadcast over the PA system, just kind of to be like, well, you know, since we have no fans here, at least we can somewhat give some sort of atmosphere of it being like you're in a regular stadium. <laughs> Exactly. I gotta say, I watched it uh, technically a preseason game, but it again, this is baseball in 2020. What is time? Nothing means I know. anything. <laughs> um, I was watching the Red Sox and Toronto, I want to say. Tampa Bay, something with a T. Uh, <laughs> and they had the background noise. And it's so funny, but yeah. watching it on TV and being so excited to see my first live baseball game in so long, I forgot the crowd wasn't like... It just was that general buzz when I was watching it in the mm-hmm. game. I was like, okay, yeah, this is fine. Like, that's yeah. what it sounds like when you watch baseball on TV. There's just kind of that noise <laughs> it's true. in the background. It's just like this, you know, constant hum it, mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, covering the Challenge Cup for women's soccer. It did take some getting used to. It, it was more, I, I wasn't annoyed by the, the them patching in the sound. I just thought it was kind of hilarious. And sometimes I was like, oh man, you know, the crowd really got excited about that one. And I'm like, there's no crowd. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I have heard from people who are covering it in from inside the stadium. And apparently it's a little bit weirder there. Like it just sounds kind of off. And I think it's also, if you're in the stadium, you're looking around. Like I was looking more at the players. And so I only, really noticed it like if someone hit one a foul into the stands and it's like oh right there's nobody there but i would imagine if you're sitting there it's a little bit different (laughs) for sure not that i think they mind um right (laughs) and i know some teams are doing where you can um pay a certain dollar amount and they will make like a uh, cardboard cutout of you (laughs) i think actually tierney i think we were talking about that before you can do you or you can do like your pet like you you know like a bark in the park type a deal <laughs> i am very invested in dogs in the stands yeah <laughs> oh games. man that's funny I, i'm i wonder how many uh marlins man has paid for across the league oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean just right behind home plate just. <laughs> yeah. at every single game <laughs> Wow. So we were so invested in doing this movie because for a while here, we have not had any baseball, but at least we had the peaches and the bells and like we could (laughs) kind of live vicariously through the film. And I just was wondering if you knew about the league before. Well, I guess not if you knew about the movie, like basically your whole life growing up. But did you know much about the league outside of like a Tom Hanks movie? No, not at all, because, I mean, I don't know. I guess the movie, I believe it came out in 1992. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes, I remembered correctly. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I was I was about uh, six years old when the movie actually came out. Maybe I watched it then, but I, I don't think so. So, anyway, what I'm trying to say is that the movie was my on-ramp to mm-hmm. that element of history. And I honestly don't know if the movie itself is even separated from baseball, generally speaking, for me. So there's some part of me that has always known women in baseball because I've always known that film. 
but it took me getting a little bit older, um, probably around the time I switched over to softball, where I, as someone who has always had an interest in history, I did start learning a little bit more about the league. And um, now, as a sports reporter, I was able to, uh, you know, there was an anniversary a few years ago, and the Brooklyn Cyclones hosted a few of the women from the original league and and some women from the cast. And that was really cool to to see them engaging, you know, in my city. I'm here in New York. And that's when I really took more time out to see beyond just what I knew and what was like a feel-good experience in, in my sport and my sports history and, and take a look at the history of women in baseball more generally. I love all the stories of the actresses have of going to things with actual players. And yeah. it's like, they get swamped. Like, we, we're there, we're popular too, but... Everyone is just crowding around these women trying to get autographs. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting because, you know, they'll also go to things like, uh, you know, like Comic Cons or stuff like that. Or, you know, trade shows, I guess, is more is a more accurate way of saying it um, because they have their own baseball cards, you know, like a Tracy Reiner, for example. And it, it can, it, I think at this point now, it's a little bit 50-50 because there are people like me who will see Tracy and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Betty Spaghetti, you know? <laughs> like, I gotta get, she's a, you know, a UT player. I gotta get her autograph mm-hmm. if I saw a trading card with Betty Spaghetti, you know? But um, but then also there are people that know the, the women who, who actually played and um, so I think at this point in time, it's kind of the way that I saw it at the anniversary is that the two paths are beautifully blended together now. <laughs> um, mm. You know, there's people who maybe don't know the movie, but know the original history. And some of that history yeah. is, is coming up again as they start to build that museum. But then, you know, there's also people who just know the film. And because of the film, now they're learning about the history. And so it's really, it's a really interesting, it's almost its own own culture, right? It's so funny. I knew they made baseball cards for them, but it just occurred to me while you were talking that my new life goal is to get a Betty Spaghetti baseball card, tear it up, yes. and then display it <laughs> taped back together. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. The real way to honor that character's arc in the For movie. sure. For sure. <laughs> With baseball cards, you know, do you think like a... Uh, like a Dottie Hinson, would that be considered like the rare card? Oh, I'd have to think so. Kristen, <laughs> she only played like the for one she season. She only played that one season. <laughs> yeah. Not even the full season if That's we want to be technical about it. <laughs> So, you know, and not the full World Series. So, no, I mean, you know, that's, that's as, I don't even know if there's an equivalent of that. You know, I guess maybe <laughs> if you go, speaking of films, if you go the Field of Dreams, Shoeless Joe route, oh, yeah. you know, and Doc. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's gotta be rare. And I mean, Gina Davis, like, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gotta be a good cop. Yeah. <laughs> really, uh, I feel so bad. Because I started joking on this podcast, and our listeners have heard it and will continue to hear it. It is my joke, uh, hashtag justice for Alice. And I, I swear I started <laughs> off with the Stranger Things justice for Barb thing. Like, oh I'm not my trying gosh. I to. Love that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I actually we like, love this is that. Ridiculous. Alice was doing so good. She yeah? caught the first six games. Oh, yeah. Looking good, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
that's one of the things we really came to appreciate is the Jimmy Dugan character. Oh, even gosh. at the end, mm-hmm. even when he is the redeemed, the manager, he has grown as a person. He loves his team. <laughs> he's still like a drunk degenerate. Like, oh, he's man. still Jimmy Dugan. He's still yeah. yelling and being crazy. And well, you gotta respect. You gotta respect someone who who's themselves, regardless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that's a hard line to to tread where you need to have character growth and he needs to become this person that we respect and like. But I just, it's a really hard line. And I think Tom Hanks walked it very well of like, oh, yeah, for he's, sure. he's still yelling, you know, blonde girl and she yeah. doesn't have it, you tell me and <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. Great, great character. Tom really played that well. Penny Marshall, I mean, just mm. did an amazing job. I think building out these characters to mm-hmm. the point where they're they're so lovable. And I think a part of that is also just that I don't know that there were that many expectations necessarily for this film. Uh, you know, as it was being made, and again, I was very young, so I wouldn't have been privy to the conversations. And, you know, you look back on the, because I definitely own the DVD, right? Um, so I have all the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's a little bit of the drama of, of Madonna and uh, <laughs> kind of the celebrity that she brought and how she yeah. talked about the film at the time. But there was this, you know, it, it seemed as though there was just this interaction that that cast had where they, they were like a team, right? We were talking mm-hmm. about cheers with no fans. I mean, if you yeah. want to know what a what a, a baseball game in the middle of a, of a pandemic might be like, it might have <laughs> been like, you know, and I'm kind of saying this jokingly, obviously coronavirus is very serious, everyone, wash your hands, wear a mask. But, um, you know, as far as just doing it for the game, you know, and having the, the whole thing about baseball culture and softball culture is this, this sense of family and community and you kind of entertain and and you lift each other up through these cheers or through these random things that we say or through the superstitions and stuff and it seemed like Mm -hmm. the cast kind of built that in and when they did have extras you know they they would juggle for them and stuff like that so it's just it's just really cool to kind of look back on that film and think about what sports is like most of the time to be honest when people are practicing when you're playing in college it's kind of like that and you're just at this you know you're at this field and you're doing it with your team and maybe you know if someone's family lives local then then they're in the stands and maybe some of your classmates but other than that it's just you and the other team and you're just out there playing yeah that's what's neat listening to the commentary of the movie. Just you can tell by by their commentary, uh, you know, just how much they enjoyed the movie. And you can just see that camaraderie between <clears throat> all the uh, actors. Because it's like Penny Marshall, Laurie Petty, mm-hmm. Megan Cavanaugh, and uh, Tracy, Tracy Reiner. Reiner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... A, and it's just, yeah, you can just tell by, you know, their little inside stories and memories and just some such, just how much it meant to them to be a part of this movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. I like all the time Penny Marshall chastises them for <laughs> going out and, like, getting drunk and rowdy <laughs> between yeah. days. Yeah. And uh, I forget if it was Lori Petty or Meg and Kavanaugh, but one of them was like, what did you want us to do? Like, you put that many girls <laughs> in a, you know, farm in Illinois. 
Yeah. Yes. What? <laughs> and I think it was I think it was Tracy and Megan that both said that, you know, they went in to film and uh, you know, they they have a, a child that's about the age of the film. So like oh, yeah. to, to that point, it's like, all right, you know, like when that's, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, but but again, it's it's just um they were young, you know, a lot yeah. of them early in their careers, uh, which is also just again, it's like almost like this perfect storm of just mm. amazing women that go on to do such amazing things. Yeah. And um, that's that's what kind of makes it special, uh, which, again, is very similar to playing baseball or softball growing up. And especially in college, you kind of come together, you make this team, you go through Tuckman's model of uh, and group phase theory, right? <laughs> and, um, and then you go your separate ways, but you always yeah. kind of have that summer or, you know, that season. Mm, yeah, definitely. That's, I was a terrible athlete, but I did grow up going to a summer camp and ended up working there. For several years so it's that's very much it of same yeah we, we would joke like <laughs> you were best friends by the end of staff training staff training was weak right exactly yeah. you had never seen these people before <laughs> exactly. and yet, they were the most important people in the world mm. you correct. died <laughs> correct so that's what you have to do to build a strong team I, yeah i i studied like leadership development so i always love putting that in there i think some people are like oh but there's like there's actual like there's a pedagogy and there's there's there are principles behind why that is the case and successful coaches are able to to build that up now to the extent that Jimmy Dugan knew any of that <laughs> I, I'm not I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he probably yeah. didn't know much about adult <laughs> <Yeah>. learning <laughs> or like communication but oh, uh, you know he he found his way yeah <laughs> he, he chastised them too vehemently. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember us talking throughout the movie about how interesting Dottie as a manager kind of was because mm -hmm. when we meet her in Oregon, she's trying to coach Kit, but she is not commute. We were talking about like how the baseball knowledge is there, but how to get the player to do what you want them to do is not because she's too close to her. She's not thinking that way. You know, she's not thinking, she's thinking as, oh, this is my little sister. I'm going to tell her what to do. Mm -hmm. And then look surprised when Kit doesn't do what she told her to do. <laughs> That's interesting because I see it the other way. And this is probably because I'm an older, I'm an older sister, but I think it's, it's also that Dottie as a character, whether you see her as Dottie the sister on the farm or Dottie the catcher on the field, uh, is used to being a leader. And she is very confident in how she sees things. And so she's going to say how she sees it and yeah. expects people to trust and follow her logic unless they can make an argument otherwise. That's kind of how I see Dottie. And that's tough because to your point, though, when you have that dynamic uh, in, the, in the case of Kit and Dottie, it was that they were sisters. And, and, you know, Kit had her own lens on how she saw that relationship. You know, this is our daughter, Dottie. This is yeah. our other daughter, Dottie's <laughs> sister. Oh, that's such a great that's such a great line like oh gosh that kills me every time like i just die laughing but I you know that's that. how she saw the world so mm -hmm. whether it was dotty her sister or dotty her catcher she wanted to you know kit's whole thing which then plays out in the last scene of uh, at least uh i should say the last action scene if you will of the film <laughs> You know, it, everything is leading up to Kit being able to assert herself and being 
right or winning against mm-hmm. Dottie. And not because Dottie lets her, but because she wins. I was just I mean, say, should we jump? <laughs> oh, should we jump to I that question kind of now? we would get to this. Listen, 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 <laughs> listen, listen. I have never competed against my sisters in anything like we've had. We've always had very <laughs> separate interests, so I can't mm-hmm. speak to what that is like. I've had friends that I've competed against, and I know that that can be contentious. So I can only mm-hmm. imagine what it is when it's your sibling. There's no catcher worth their weight in salt that would ever bare hand that ball. <laughs> you put that, you put your hand in the, in the mitt and you mm. do everything in your power to cover up because you know you're about to absorb contact. So the fact that her hand and she, the way the film is cut, and so maybe yeah. Betty Marshall is to blame and her editing team is to blame. But the way the film is cut, Dottie sees the contact coming. She does not put her bare hand into her glove and her hand falls. Like, I just, I don't know. I just think that that is poor technique. And the way the movie plays out, it's just really hard to think that Dottie had such poor technique and the most important part of the season. See, I came around after hours and hours of talking about this film because I was always team, like, there's no way she dropped it on purpose. But I have come around to she subconsciously dropped it on purpose by not setting, like, because Uh, on some level, like, daddy knows what to do. And we see her get hit and hold on to the ball earlier in the film. Correct. And when we were talking to Doug, who had played catcher, and he said, he's like, that's not how you do that. Exactly. There's no way. There is no way. I like to believe that as she saw Kit coming towards her, she subconsciously set herself up to fail. To fail. But she didn't do it on purpose. Like, Uh, oh, I'm going to let Kit win. Yeah. Well, and like Uh, we were talking about earlier in that same game, like what makes it... Like harder is, you know, when she talks to Ellen Sue and she pretty much is like, you know, she she likes him high. Like she she can't hit him, can't she lay can't hit him, can't lay Yeah, yeah. So we're like, okay. Before this happens. It's like, okay, is she doing that deliberately? Or, you know, is that a mislead? Like, what is happening? It is not it is not that long between when she betrays her sister by telling the pitcher how to get mm-hmm. her out. And when she, according to some people, lets her sister win the World Series. Betrays her sister? That's a little bit like, (laughs) but see, that's the thing, right? Either way, she's like, air quotes, betraying her sister or air quotes, betraying her entire team, Mm -hmm. right? And here's the thing, and I think why people like to believe that maybe Dottie did allow her sister to win subconsciously is because if you think that she did that intentionally, then that means that she chose to disappoint and let down an entire team versus her Mm -hmm. sister. And that's why some people want to think that Kit won it fair and square. Now, here's, here's what I will say. And again, this is Kit's character throughout the whole film. Kit goes 100%, even if it's a 1,000% in the wrong direction. She goes 100%. So there's no denying that Kit, I mean, she ran through the stop sign. Kit should have stopped at third. She ran through the stop sign. Again, even if she goes 100%, even if it's a 1,000% in the wrong direction, she's going to go all the way. So there's that, right? And you know Dottie knows that. But I just, I don't know. I, I, ugh, I, uh, 
from <laughs> from someone who played catcher, there's no way you bare hand that ball. So yeah. like I just and I don't know that I guess it could happen that you could do that subconsciously. And again, Alice had been <laughs> catching all that time, so maybe she lost it because, you know, she she was with her husband. <laughs> you know, in a car. I don't know. I go back and forth. It and and again, but that's the beauty of the film that all these years later, like as many times as I've seen the, I watch it. I mean, without even trying, I probably watch that film two or three times a year, and that's on the lower end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I still like get worked up and can make the argument so many different ways. And that's just the masterpiece that is a league of their own. Yeah. That's I was joking that I had to stop so many times when I was taking notes because I always <laughs> cry. Like I am one of those people and it's not even sad emo- like the music going, there's something where like your emotions get heightened, your heart rate is going faster and so you cry. Like it's a release it's de- of that. It's devastating. It's yeah. absolutely a devastating roller coaster of emotions. Oh, <laughs> but no, she is not stopping. She is not stopping. Henson, drop the ball. Henson, drop the ball. (laughs) I have no, I know enough to know I have seen seen too much. Like, that's just, (laughs) oh gosh, it just kills you. And then you see, you see all the way May walk across that field. Oh, what gets me? Doris crying. Doris. He like taps her knee to go in. Oh gosh, it's just (laughs) terrible. That's so hard because you're like, oh, you know, you're on the high of like, Kit did it. Like, Kit finally is, you know, she she's the one that they're carrying off the field. Yeah. But then you see the players come in. And like you said, you oh. know, Doris crying and you're like, but it's, at what cost? Yeah. <laughs> so depressed I could eat a cow. Like, it's I know. Just, it's so, oh, gosh, Penny, 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 Penny. <laughs> it's just amazing. It's I remember so good. it seeming so subversive because I also saw this as a kid. And it's like the team we've been following the whole time exactly. didn't win. And there's mm-hmm. that moment of like, yeah. can that happen? That's not supposed exactly. to happen. This <laughs> is not how Disney films end. <laughs> this is not how it works. I've seen a lot of sports movies in my eight years on this planet. Right. <laughs> I have a formal complaint. <laughs> I will, um, because I watched the commentary and Penny Marshall refused to, to say if she believed it was on purpose or not. Ugh. She was like, oh, I guess it's a controversy. And I'm like, Penny. <laughs> And I'm taking it to the grave. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So genius. It's just genius. Oh, there's so many, so many good things. Yeah, I was always, I think, like a little bit intimidated by Dottie. Mm. And so I always gravitated towards Kid and Marla. And I really came to appreciate, I mean, I always thought Doris was funny, but... Doris, Doris Murphy genius. takes the fields. She's so good in this film. So I just and her her speech about so long, Charlie. Oh, that's so love long, that. Charlie. Oh, it's so good. So I was wondering if um if you had a favorite character because I thought I did, and now I do a podcast about this movie, and I, I just know. love everyone. <laughs> like- oh boy, yeah, that's tough. I think it changes. It definitely changes and I see things differently. I, I've, I mean, one thing that always remains true is that I have such an appreciation for Dottie Hinson's character and not because she's billed as, you know, the best player in the league, only played one season, all of that stuff. Um, but again, because I see that film as an older sister, you know, I, I think that there are things that 
Dottie absorbs throughout the film, and she does it mostly quietly, mm -hmm. um, that I could resonate with. Uh, for example, you know, this is our daughter Dottie, and this is our other daughter Dottie. I'm like, such a, this is such a great line. Oh, and it's <laughs> delivered perfectly. Lori Petty kills it. But, you know, I have had my siblings share their version of that. And, you know, I think that Dottie is this complex character that is balancing being a, a good daughter, being a good sister, and being a good wife. Oh, yeah. You know, in a time where each one of those pieces of her personality have very distinct expectations, outside expectations. Mm -hmm. And I think the one thing that I would love is to maybe get into Dottie's mind a little bit more. And, and again, Penny yeah. does such a great job of concealing who Dottie is, but Gina plays her so well that you can kind of see the conflicts every once in a while arise. Mm -hmm. And I know what that feels like. Even as a child, I, I wouldn't have been able to articulate it that way, but I, I know that even, even as I was growing up, like that conflict that she had with all of the ways that she felt that she was expected to be versus, mm -hmm. you know, somewhere deep inside. I mean, in all three of those people are dotty but there's more there too and and you know i think with jimmy every once in a while it comes out but i think dotty for that reason i really resonate with i resonate with kit for a completely different reason because i'm so <laughs> hard-headed and you know i'm the type of person that is just gonna you know go 100 even if i'm going in the wrong the direction <laughs> so there's so many great characters yeah. uh, there but the two sisters for very very different reasons, I think, have always resonated with me most. And then I should say also, as I started getting older, and I don't think she even has a name, but uh, I believe it's with Ellen Sue and Dottie, and there's a, a black woman who, oh, yeah. uh, you know, the ball spills over in the bullpen and she, yeah. you know, flings that sucker in there and as I started <laughs> you know as I st first of all that resonated with me because I told you I played up the middle I'm very confident in my throwing abilities so mm -hmm. I always took pride in that scene of like uh, and of the players who really had a strong arm mm -hmm. but then as I got older I I started to realize the social and racial connection that was being implied in that part of the film and I also started seeing myself in that very small piece of the film, even when it came to my path in sports. Yeah, I really love her little nod. The the interaction yeah. between her and Dottie is great because Dottie does a little like, in here, you know, toss it in. Like, yeah, she's almost like, almost the way that, you would talk to like a younger kid. Right. And she's just like, I got this. You saw that? Yeah. And, and Dottie, and that to nod, be fair, yeah. gives it back like, wow, mm -hmm. that was... Just kidding, lady. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And like just after Ellen, you know, after Ellen Sue catches it, you know, she yeah. does that thing where she her glove fell off and she like, she's like, she's like shakes oh, her wow. hand. Yeah. She's like, wow. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Speaking of Dottie as, you know, the, the three separate people that make, you know, her three separate entities as wife, sister, daughter. And we, you know, we talk about Kit and how she's the, the line of, you know, this is Dottie and this is our other daughter, <laughs> Dottie's sister. And it makes me wonder, like, Dottie being the older sister, I'm, I'm the youngest, I'm the youngest sibling, so, but, you know, how she, how she feels about how she is supposed to, you know, she's the oldest, so she should be the one that, how does that make her feel, I guess, about her role as an older sister, like, she should be 
you know, setting an example or, you know, just her role in that as an older sister, like, you know. Yeah. If that makes any sense at all. (laughs) What I was thinking of, we find out in a deleted scene, but it's it's pretty obvious that it hasn't been long, that Bob and Dottie got married like right before he left for the war. Oh, that's right. And so she is Kit's sister. She is her parents' daughter. She is a wife, but she is a wife who is still living at her parents' house with her sister, you know. Mm-hmm. And and when she talks to Jimmy on the bus, I, they've obviously been in a relationship for a while, but, mm-hmm. you know, the, the right. marriage is new. Right. And he's going to be manager someday of the dairy, and she just wants to go home and run the dairy with Bob and have kids. And now I'm thinking about it as you describe that, and I'm wondering if... You know, she they get in the car, they're driving home to Oregon, they're skipping the World Series, and I kind of wonder, maybe this is just me being biased because I love Bill Pullman and he plays Bob, <laughs> but I really kind of envision her telling Bob all this and him being like, what are we doing? Turn the car around. I know, exactly. <laughs> like, there is part of me that wonders, like, does Bob know? I mean, obviously, this is <laughs> the plan, the general overarching plan. But Bob seems like the kind of guy who'd be like, oh, my God, Dottie, we can wait a year to have babies. Like, yeah. what well, are you doing? Uh, yeah, and that's so interesting. I honestly don't know that I've ever thought to put that together. But maybe that's also implied in the film because, you know, Jimmy asks Dottie, you know, does he know how good you are? And she's oh, like, yeah. well, how good am I? And he's like, eh, terrible. <laughs> he's like, you're only the best player in the league, you know? <laughs> and so, but Dottie, I think her character flaw is that she she limits herself because mm-hmm. of again the expectations and it di- it differs on the role because i think what makes her a good i think what makes her a good baseball player is that she does everything the way a good baseball player should do it if that yeah. makes sense it's not that she doesn't have raw talent but she just she just plays. She plays, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote, the right way. You know, she's like a Mike Trout, right? Yeah. <laughs> <I was just laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Right? Come on. Like, he's the golden boy. Mike Trout. Yeah. What does he ever do wrong? He does everything the right way. He's he plays phenomenal- baseball and he likes weather and that is yeah. it. And, he, and he's he pleasant He's pleasant, but not controversial. Yeah. He shows up, he <laughs> yeah. does his job, and as far as we know, is a stand-up person. <laughs> but it's not a Kit Keller. A Kit yeah. is, everything is out there. The good, the bad, the ugly, the insecure, you see it all. You never see that with Dottie. Yeah. And so I love that idea mm. that they're in the car and this this i mean it it fits right yeah they're in the car <laughs> and somehow it comes up bill uh you know bob i guess there's a bill yeah. woman, but you know <laughs> bob says something you know because he i get the sense that that bob is good guy oh yeah but also not necessarily one to rock the boat so i would just mm-hmm. love to know what is it that happens like <laughs> yeah. is it that Dottie just completely breaks from her character <laughs> and no longer can hold the facade does bob you know ha- did he have this experience in the war that makes him think differently about how to communicate with Dottie? Oh, but yeah. either way you see in the world series you know that's my wife i love oh. that 
that. God, yeah. another great <laughs> I line. Love that. You know, and it's just <laughs> he's so happy. He's so proud. Yeah. In that moment, I mean, he just oh gosh, I can see, I hear, I hear Bill in that moment. I see him <laughs> in that moment. It's just such a simple frame, but it it speaks volumes mm-hmm. uh, yeah. to well, to we who Bob is. It's very telling that in the in the beginning when they show her basically being packed off to the reunion, <laughs> practically against her will, yeah. um, her daughter knows all about the league and she keeps saying like, oh, it doesn't mean that much to me. Oh, I'm not involved. Yeah. And so now also, I don't even think I really thought this through at the time, but this is a woman whose mother and aunt played in the league. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm not saying her mom, is. this is the only way she would have heard, but you get the feeling like Bob was the one kind of talking it up yeah. being like, yeah, I guess what your mom did. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Cool. Yeah, I've got the Life magazine cover right here. Yeah, so. and I always think that Dottie had always seen it as she was doing it for Kit. Mm-hmm. Because from the beginning, you know, when John Lovitz comes to the farm after the Lukash Dairy game, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> Kit is, you know, she is bound and determined. She's going to go whether he wants her or not. Right. And she, you know, Dottie's kind of, you know, like, ah. Uh, and it's like, I think the whole movie she, she loves and, you know, she has, she does have a passion for baseball, but just as something to do, or, you know, like a, something she's good at, something she does enjoy, but right. this was always for her sister. She was doing it for Kit. So she yeah. tried to be like, it doesn't matter. This doesn't matter to me, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, that's actually a great point, which of, of course then leads me to like the scene. And I think that's oh, yeah. why as much as I, I want to hate, I want to hate Dottie for, for what I believe to be her dropping that ball on purpose. Mm-hmm. But there's a piece of me and I'm I'm like literally talking myself through this right now. I just love this podcast so much. Um, but, you know, there's this realization that you come to of what you just said, right? That it was never really about Dottie. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. always about Kit. And that is also something that, I don't know, I think older siblings understand. I would... I would imagine that um, parents also understand. It's not that you can't have, you you can't find some of yourself within that. But if your ultimate goal is, is truly just to make someone else happy, mm-hmm. then, you know, once you accomplish that, it's like, you know, the, the end justifies the means, so to speak. Yeah. And that was what it was for her. Because, you know, she played that season and she walked away. Like, she's like, all right, Kit's on her way. <laughs> she's good. She's, she's. She knows I'm not coming back, and she yeah. she decided that she wants to keep playing. She doesn't yeah. need me, and she she actually literally says that. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> she literally says that. Yeah, I do wonder though what their relationship was after that. And that's what we had talked about too, because I had said at one time, because at the beginning of the movie, it's kind of like a mysterious, you know, because it's like, oh, you know, do you think it's Kit going to be there and Older Dottie talks about, oh, she's probably off, you know, with her husband and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, okay, do they, have they, is there a a rift? Because, and for a while there, before I started rewatching the movie, I'm like, for some reason, I thought that the result of the World Series had caused a rift Mm -hmm. between the sisters, which obviously is not true because immediately after the game, they have that (laughs) nice heart to heart scene. 
That just kills me. Because I love when Kit thinks she's not going to miss her. And she goes, how many sisters do you think I got? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have a very different understanding of it because I'm an older sister, but I am seven years older than my sister. Mm -hmm. And so it really was, I mean, my parents both joked that with the timing and going to college we both got seven years of being an only child (laughs) and it was very weird like even now sometimes because like we weren't friends we were sisters growing up there Mm -hmm. was so much of an age gap there we never competed against each other physically because i would have murdered her like (laughs) probably not appropriate (laughs) but i definitely i remember i was just talking about this the other day she went on a vacation down to visit my dad's parents were moving down to florida very stereotypical and cleaning out the house before moving to Florida and she went with him and my grandmother taught her how to play backgammon and when she came back there was a game in the house that she could beat me at and that had never happened before like I used to think I was really good at chess no I wasn't I just was playing against someone that I had seven years of brain development (laughs) and the first time she beat me at something like legitimately I was not being told, Tierney, let your sister win a game or anything like that. <laughs> it was she she beat me because she was better at me. And I think that face that do- that Dottie makes when Kit goes through the stop sign is kind of the face. I mean, oh. like, I'm sorry. What's happening right. here? No, this doesn't yeah. happen. Right. Yeah. This doesn't happen. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now that we're adults. We're friends and it's yeah. great, but it's it's just one of those weird things where it's like, it is a different relationship, you know, as, as tight as she was with, yeah, she did it all for her. That's yep. <laughs> I got to call my sister now. Oh, <laughs> sisters. I know. I was thinking as you were saying that, I was like, aren't sisters great? And then I was like, yeah. I mean, y- yes, but like also, but like, but the, yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes, <laughs> definitely yeah. yes. Yes. <laughs> My favorite is I am married to an only child, and he'll occasionally be like, oh, how's Elaine doing? I'll be like, oh, I don't know. And he goes, weren't you just texting her? I'm like, I sent her a meme. I don't (laughs) know what's going on in her life. We don't like talk. (laughs) I don't think you understand how families communicate because I have no idea what's happening in her life. Couldn't tell yet. Because like with Tierney said, you know, I have an older sister and an older brother. There's like five, five and a half years between my sister and I. My sister's the oldest and about three, three and a half between my brother and I. And it was one of those where I just missed out on being in, you know, like once I hit high school, they both had already graduated. So it was kind of like that same loop, you know, that time chunk of, you know, you miss out on competing, you know, that kind of and it's like, we, I mean, we, we, we got a lot. I mean, you have your sibling tiffs and everything, but you know, like you said, Tierney, as you grow older, it's like she, they're, you know, one of my best friends. <laughs> Cause you kind of, you, you get to this age where you kind of just, mm, that age gap just closes. You just, you're like, okay. <laughs> so it's just interesting how that happens. No, I definitely, I had friends. Growing up with, like I said, I went to that same summer camp. So there are whole families of siblings that I feel like we all kind of grew up around each other. And it was really funny because the people who were closer in age would be, would at times be closer to them than their siblings. And mm-hmm. you'd kind of be going back and forth like, well, she said this, but <laughs> she really means this. And <laughs> it's, a, it's a strange generation gap. I do still have to remind myself that like my sister is a fully functioning adult <laughs> in the oh. world. I do not accept that. Like I, I 100% believe that Dottie and Kit are hugging in the Hall of Fame and Dottie is like, 
I hope she drove safely on the way here. <laughs> oh, I'm okay. sure. I'm sure. <laughs> They're at the reception. She's like, are you drinking? Oh, right. We're in our 80s. <laughs> <laughs> just going to be one of those, like, nowadays, it'd be like, you know, text when you get back home. It's right. like, oh, yes. okay, okay. It's like, I just, I, it's my duty. <laughs> I have to say that. That's <laughs> well, funny. I'm trying to think if there is anything we missed or anything, Rachel, that we usually ask people that I'm blanking on. I think we covered our basic big, big okay. question of, you know, did she or did, was it intentional or not? I know, if we don't not, ask about so hints and drop the ball, our fans will riot. Well, so. oh, gosh, man. Our fans, all, hi, all our two fans. of you, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I shouldn't be so disparaging. But we're not the only game in town anymore, so. Yeah? We were for a while, if you wanted baseball. <laughs> there was only so much to consume. Yeah. I, I feel like I should go knock on wood that I didn't just jinx it and they'll be shut down again by the time oh, this year. No. Oh, God. Erica, we do a, at the beginning of an episode, kind of like how we're feeling about what's going on in baseball. And usually it's a joke, like I'll drop in something sarcastic <laughs> from a movie. But there was one week where we legitimately were like, okay, there's a lot going on. Let's talk about what's going on. We recorded it on Wednesday night. These go out on Friday at noon. Yeah. Thursday was the most stressful day of my life. <laughs> I was like, something's going to change. It's going to change. And we're going to have to re-record and we won't be able to use that. And I was just like, how do people who do news podcasts do this? <laughs> like, I, I know people who do like the Locked On series for various baseball teams. And I'm just like, are you just stressed out all the time? Yeah. <laughs> so, but I it, actually, that's... That's a wonderful opportunity to uh, let you plug some yeah. podcasts oh, or yeah. your writing or wherever you would want to direct people to. Because I know you have started just appearing lots of places. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what um, no sports will do for a sports <laughs> writer. So uh, you got to make your own content, um, <laughs> as they say. But yeah, uh, first of all, thank you. This was such a great conversation. Like I said, I, I, I mean, we, we do this just as teammates for fun but uh <laughs> it's kind of cool to talk to to other folks about it I'm most active on twitter which is elindsay08 e-l-i-n-d-s-a-y 08 and i have been in these quarantine social distancing days kind of challenging women's sports in particular to think a lot about how they can talk about and be advocates um, and lift up social justice causes. And so I've mm. started with women's hockey, uh, which has been very interesting to talk to, <laughs> if I'm being blunt, white women about social justice. Um, yeah. And I think softball actually is having this conversation as well because of some things that have happened with formerly a team formerly known as the uh, well anyway they're they're this is us now because they didn't like something that their owner tweeted out oh oh yeah yeah so yeah and then as far as other coverage i'm writing WNBA stuff for the athletic and also the nine newsletters where every wow. friday you can find my women's hockey content and some stuff for nhl seattle which is no longer nhl seattle now it's the seattle kraken hey. they have a name so I'm, I saw I'm, that. Uh, yeah, today was a busy day, but I'm, wow. I'm freelancing and, and helping put up some some articles for them. Nice. Uh, so yeah, like you said, all over the place. But best way to find it all is on Twitter. Also, Instagram is the same. Elinzy08. 
I've been very spoiled because pretty much the only thing I know about women's basketball is because I went to UConn. And oh, yeah. I had exactly one class with Diana Taurasi. Wow. <laughs> and so when I saw the pictures of her at a protest, I'm like, yay, I can contribute to this conversation. <laughs> and, then it was, and then it went beyond that. I'm like, immediately, I'm like, and I'm out. I know no, none of these, like, yeah. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's, uh, I think in these interesting times... It is especially interesting to be looking at sports and social justice and the intersections of that and where people don't want you looking at that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Is absolutely like mind boggling to me. Like, not that I want to say I don't give people a pass, but like I understand if you have not been exposed to an idea, if something is new information to you. But then once you hear it, like... The people who really dig in their heels. I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. yeah. So. That's so, so many things. There's a specific example that I'm thinking of now because of the Kraken name, <laughs> which just, I'm like, uh, okay, people, just take my word for it. Not only because I am a black person living in America, but I actually have studied this. So, yeah, you know, if you're not going to take my advice to study up on your, on your own, then, then the convert, we don't need to necessarily communicate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't I've have, got the I, credentials yeah. and you don't. Right. I, I said what I said. You can look it up. Yeah. Have a great life. Oh yeah. Yeah. And thank you so much for doing this writing, the newsletter, even just being on Twitter and doing that pushback. Yes. Or, and not pushback, but push forward, I guess, because <laughs> if they're being idiots, let them just go over there. Um, but <laughs> yeah. it's so helpful because and I'm sure a lot of people have felt this this spring and summer where you just get to a point where you're like, oh my God, there's so much here. So it's very, it, it's nice to know that like, I can go look at someone's Twitter feed and be like, okay, well, what are they talking about? <laughs> Who are they referencing? Yeah. All right, let me go look up that book because it seems like this would be useful yeah. information. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> And thank you for coming and just talking about a league yes, of your own for a while. Thank you. It's so fun. With it everything was. going on, sometimes it's just nice to like really, really care about Dottie and Kick. <laughs> there's so much as as we we discussed, and there's so much more still. So mm-hmm. I really do appreciate you inviting me on, you both having me on, because again, it's a film that's meant a lot to me, and it's nice to kind of not be in my own head and and share how I feel about this this very important film. So I yeah. love I love that you're doing this podcast. Ah, <sighs> uh, thank, thank you. you. Well, we will see you around and listeners stay tuned. We have our MVP every yes. week. We are it's every two weeks. It's every bottom of the inning. We nominate a most valuable player <laughs> for that part of the movie. <laughs> One MVP for the sixth inning. It was by a landslide, Betty Spaghetti Horn. Well-deserved. Well-deserved MVP. Well-deserved. However, I think most people that voted for Betty were probably thinking of this inning. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't. I don't blame them. I totally get. But in the interest of not, because we could not have an MVP award this week unless all the options were Betty Spaghetti. Like, there's no way. And and are we really going to do that to Tom Hanks' big speech? And, I know. <laughs> and Bob? 
Bob is here. Bob has lines. Yeah. Like, it's a lot to, uh, yeah. And the fact that Betty won last inning gave me a brilliant idea, as Haley Mills would say in The Trouble with Angels, <laughs> scathingly brilliant idea. <laughs> we are doing an MVP award. There will be multiple nominees, but they will not be characters from this film. For yeah. the seventh inning, your choices for most valuable player will be one, Mickey Mantle. We discussed him and his sad, sad knees oh, with yes. Doug Greenberg. <laughs> yes. And uh, I have to admit it, it occurred to me to include Mickey Mantle because my other nominee this week is Mickey Maguire. We also talked about real life player for the league. Unfortunately, we discussed it for a sad time in her life that she probably would prefer not to talk about, but <laughs> her husband's disappearance, but then he was not KIA. He was oh, very yes. much alive. And yes. then her real name was Dorothy McGuire and then Chapman. She played catcher and outfield. She played from 1943 through 1949. She was amazing. She was from Ohio. Yeah. There you go. And yes, we talked about her a bit. She played for Racine, the Milwaukee Chicks, the Grand Rapids Chicks, and then for many years with the Muskegon Lassies. Mickey McGuire, Mickey Mantle. These are fun things to have people root for. Oh, yeah. I had one other person that came to mind when I was thinking of this. A real life player related to the seventh inning of this movie. Okay. I would like to also nominate for MVP Sandy Koufax. Oh, yes. Because I when agree. I think of people going to the World Series, but then kind of not, <laughs> <laughs> I think 1965 Sandy Koufax, who absolutely <laughs> did pitch, but he did not pitch the first game because it fell on Yom Kippur. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he made it very clear that he was not going to play on that. There were other holy days that he had refused to pitch on before. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing is, it's not like these are a surprise. You see them coming. So he said he wasn't going to pitch. And honestly, Don Drysdale pitched instead. It's fine. Like, <laughs> I I remember hearing the story and learning the story is like, and he refused to pitch. And it was this huge uproar. And then I was reading about it. And I'm like, so he pitched game two? This, <laughs> and his replacement was Drysdale. This seems fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That was the story I always learned growing up was, and he refused to pitch because it was a holiday for him. And so <laughs> I, I would like to nominate my personal favorite pitcher ever. Go Southpaws. Sanford Koufax. <laughs> I agree. In honor of Dottie's. Okay, see you guys. Good luck at the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have anyone that you had thought of in the past couple days since I sprang on you? Hey, let's do this differently this time because Betty got her award. If, I don't know what we would have done if Betty hadn't won last week, but... Yeah. That seemed like a sign from our listeners that we could switch it up. <laughs> I I don't know. The first name, honestly, that popped into mind to me was like Ty Cobb. <laughs> mm. Going way back. And I always thought it would be interesting to broach the whole Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa era of <laughs> that home run race. <laughs> yeah, you just want to see uh, who will get more votes. <laughs> I don't know that I could be impartial in that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I could see including Ty Cobb. Here's how I'm gonna here's how I'm gonna do that. Again, in things that you grow up just knowing. I just knew Ty Cobb was a bastard. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't have told you why. I just <laughs> knew baseball, Ty Cobb, 
not a nice man. (laughs) And I never thought anything more than that. And then I watched Ken Burns baseball and I saw nothing to change that opinion. (laughs) But I have since read some things that are saying, you know, a lot of that is image that he was written by the people who hated him already. (laughs) And so there is this very interesting, like, are we redeeming? did some of the bad stuff still happen because like there's some stories that are not okay (laughs) so in in the interest of as as we discussed the fact that ty cobb is such a central figure and our audience has just heard us talk about how this movie while Dottie is the star is about kit yeah like she did it all for kit kit is the reason this movie exists Mm-hmm. And there are people who hate her. <laughs> yeah. There are people who hate her. There are people who love her. There are people who love her, even though they understand why <laughs> other people hate her. I think in the same way that Sandy Koufax actually has very little in common with Donnie Hinton, we uh-huh. can make that argument. <laughs> <laughs> so sure, why not? Let's make people <laughs> vote between Mickey Maguire, Mickey Mantle, Sandy Koufax or Ty Ty Cobb. (laughs) (laughs) So nice, nice range we have there. I love it. I can't wait to see what happens. I did think of a couple others. I thought of Roberto Clemente. I've always found his story and his tragic demise interesting i mean I, I, not interesting i don't know interesting zero. No, but you know it's just it, always it's fun to learn you can be an honorary with betty yeah <laughs> we all know you guys are the better people here. yeah yeah and then i learned about him being from ohio in one of um the local area museums around where we live william quote dummy end quote hoy he was a deaf player he played for a lot of teams but he also he played for a good chunk of time in cincinnati Mm. this was back i mean that he this was back in like the early 1900s early mid 1900s when he played but it was you know an another interesting story to learn about to look him up because i have never oh actually it was like very late 1800s to early 1900s okay oh this is really cool i'm gonna have to read more about him yeah it's pretty interesting it's one of those not well known it was interesting to stumble upon it in the museum and just be like wow like i did not (laughs) know that and just how a lot of signal i mean for him Mm mm-hmm You know, that's where a lot of like signals and everything came into play for him. Could be, you know, because it's like, hey, this is what you need to do here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I always say it for those who don't know, we will post these polls so you can vote on them for the next week. They will be on our Twitter page at VCR Privileges and on our Facebook page. It's a group called The Dugout with Dugan. Enjoy that? Good. Well, come back next game, will you? Good hit. Good hit. Take care. Take care. Do you have anything else you want to add? I can hear my kid. <laughs> <laughs> we start homeschool next Monday. Wow. That's going to be fun. She lied. <laughs> <laughs> In the voice of Ron Howard, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, I'm making it up this year. I figure if I'm still homeschooling him next year, I'll like actually get a curriculum. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's preschool. Yeah. And I have two years at least to prepare him for kindergarten. So the first year can be a wash if it needs to be. Yeah. Which it's looking like it is. Since yesterday, I texted a friend at 11.50 a.m. and asked if it was socially acceptable to start drinking. So... (laughs) (laughs) She made me wait 10 minutes, folks. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) The hardest 10 minutes of the day. (laughs) At least it was PM when the gin hit that ice cube. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure many people uh, would understand that to a great extent. And I like these people. (laughs) All right. Well. So at the end of our journey with this movie, are we going to have some sort of ultimate MVP, or we could call it like a uh, Hall of Famer. Like we could have a contest to be like the ultimate, like. (laughs) We could. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how that would work, but I thought about that today. I can leave this in if you want, and we can see what people comment. Okay, yeah. To that proposal. 